morning everyone. Um, it's great to be back again on Sunday morning together. Hope you've had a good week. Uh, happy Father's Day. It's a, a great day for uh, us men to do nothing or for some of us there's no change. Uh, no nappies around the chains, that'll be good. I uh, hope you, you have a, a great day today, whatever you're doing. Uh, you'll be glad to know I'm not going to preach today on uh, different fathers and stuff in the Bible. Uh, when Neil asked me to preach, I just spent... Um, Spent a bit of time praying about it and uh, asking God just just what to bring this morning. So I was lying in bed a couple of weeks ago and uh, I got this simple title. Uh, it's in, it's in the, the word symbol. And it's this, Simple, the Seed of Life. And so I know um, over the past uh, weeks as we've been in lockdown, some of us have been forced to, uh, to simplify some of the stuff in our lives. Some of us have chosen to have a look at some things in our lives, like rhythm, even finances of what we're spending, maybe um, finances have been less. And so I know it's something that, that is, is on a lot of our minds, but I want to look at it today from um, a biblical point of view to the fact that it is key to everything. Simplicity, I believe, um, is key to everything, and it starts with a small seed. And so... Um, Maybe you've seen the film The Lorax. It's uh, it's a really good kids' film, and it's about um, this little boy who discovers the last seed of its kind to grow trees. There's no trees left anywhere in the world. Go watch it today uh, if you've never seen it. And uh, he's he's panicking and he's worried about what to do with this last seed. Is it going to change the world? Is it going to bring life back? Because um, there's there's no oxygen for people to breathe. Great film. But anyway, there's this little magical character called the Oncelet. And he says this to the little boy, change the way things are. It's the seed. It may seem small and insignificant, but it's not about, it's not about what it is, but about what it becomes. So I'm going to start there this morning. Whatever we're thinking about, talking about, whatever comes to your mind, whatever the Holy Spirit brings to you this morning, it's not about the size of it to start, it's about what it becomes. And I believe God is wanting to grow some great things inside us in this coming season. And so uh, USA Today says this about food and consumers. Consumers these days are not, not only want to know what is in the stuff they eat and drink, they want to know what's not. Folks are increasingly demanding cleaner food labels, no artificial food colorings, some of which has been linked to hyperactivity in children, no chemical additives and no chemical preservatives. If they can't pronounce it, consumers don't want it. If they don't understand what it is, they don't want it. And so people right now are wanting life simplified. They're overwhelmed by life's choices. And, uh, you know, in recent weeks, <coughs> with regards to just even um, sermons and books to read and things to watch online that are, f you know, that are filling, um, that are really godly, I've been so overwhelmed overwhelmed with what to listen to, what to read, um, overwhelmed with seeing how other people are growing so much and are able to take in so much. Um, and they're all great things. But I've also been looking at them thinking, I, I wish I could grasp these things as quick as other people. I wish I could read as many books as Neil Dawson does. I don't know how he does it. I wish I could listen to all these things and process them. And I was so overwhelmed, just like society is, with the choice that it has in front of them for many different things. Um, but part of simplifying, I've started a new rhythm of prayer. And uh, this is just one, one little illustration. 
At night time, I ask myself a few questions before I pray. And one of them is, what have you sacrificed today? And so uh, a few weeks ago, I, uh, I was walking about the road and just praying. And I thought about what it sacrificed. Now, this isn't a massive sacrifice, but it's a good illustration. And so uh, it's been a busy day. We've been teaching the kids. And, you know, to be honest, when you've taught the kids all day, at night time, you just want to relax by yourself, you know, watch a movie, read a book. But Reuben came up to me, you know, Reuben's big brown eyes. He said, Daddy, will you play FIFA with me? Now, at this stage, he wasn't a good FIFA player, but now he is. And I thought, oh, I just want to go sit down. But I didn't. I went and played FIFA with him and it made his day, his eyes lit up. And as I was thinking about it that night, I just thought, you know what, that shouldn't be a sacrifice for me. It's a small, normal thing. But this is the key. What I felt God saying is this. Simplicity is this. It starts with a little, small, simple thing, but that soon becomes your new normal. It's not like sacrifice anymore. You don't even have to think about it. Because the simple thing turns into something that becomes the new normal as we get into rhythms, as we put things in place in life to make sure they happen. And so we need to start with the small. Uh, recently, simplicity was described as the new sophisticated. People are longing for simpler lives. Simplicity in marketing um, is a refreshing change in an increasingly complex and rapidly changing world. People are begging for things to be simplified. But yet I feel sometimes the church and Christians completely overcomplicate who Jesus is and what he came to this earth to do. We overcomplicate. We speak Christianese. But in the Bible, Isaiah 45, it's a great chapter. It talks about who's coming. It's talking about John coming to level the playing field, to make roads straight, to remove barriers, to remove the mountains, to take away boulders, because he is going to simplify what the Jewish church of the day had overcomplicated. John was the man that came then, made the way in the desert for Jesus to come down to reduce him, to break down all those barriers that pushed people away from him. And then Jesus comes in, bang! And he completely turns everything upside down because it is so simple. He is here to, to uh, renew the broken system. The thousands and thousands and thousands of laws that the Jewish people have to do to uh, enter the kingdom of heaven. They have to do these things every day. But Jesus comes in and he says there's one thing. I am the way. It's simple. For me... Um, as a leader of church, we have been talking about this for a while now. And I believe simple is this. It's inward, it's upward, and it's outward. It's an inward transformation that then causes us to look upward. That brings more transformation. That empowers us, that fills us to have an outward expression of the kingdom. Remember that, write that down. Inward, upward, outward. So is this something you can relate to? Do you feel like uh, you've been overwhelmed recently or maybe it's been happening for a while? There's so much coming at you with um, your devices. And it's not even just Netflix and Facebook. Even it could be stuff from church. It could be overwhelmed with looking at what others are doing and accomplishing. The things that they seem to be grasping and good at that you're not. You might be completely overwhelmed. You feel like you're in over your head. And so that's why I want to look this morning at simplicity and where it all starts. And I want to look at the steps of a seed. And so the first one is this. Forgive me if I get it wrong. 
some big words in it. Imbibitation is step one of a seed. It means this, it absorbs. It absorbs the water that surrounds it in the soil. So the seed is filled. And for me and for you, that is so simple. It's inward construction. It's stopping long enough to absorb and take in what God is saying about you. It's being consumed by him. Psalm 27 verse 4 is the verse that talks about this. King David says this in response to God. Here's the one thing that I crave from God. The one thing I seek above all else. I want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house. Finding the sweet loveliness of his face, filled with awe, delighting in his glory and grace. I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my every prayer. Imagine a heart that is so aligned with his, his that he takes pleasure in every word that comes out of you. Of every thought that has comes from you. The voice translation says it like this. I am pleading with the eternal for this one thing. One thing, my soul's desire is to live with him. Do you know what that means, living with him? It means that you have to slow down to his pace. I heard in a sermon this week that he moves at the pace of love. And the pace of love is not quick. The pace of love is slow and patient and kind. It means slowing down to live with him at his pace. All of my days in the shadow of his temple to behold his beauty and to ponder his ways in the company of his people. That word ponder is taking time. We talked about the food at the start that's overcomplicated. This is simplifying and taking time to stop and to think, what is God saying? What does God think about me? What has God called me to do? Psalm 27 verse 4 then in the message said, I'm asking God for one thing, only one thing. Simple. One thing. To live with him in his house my whole life long. I'll contemplate, there's another word for ponder, I will contemplate his beauty and I'll study at his feet. Again, simplicity, it means stopping. Sitting at his feet, that's an act of humility. Being ready to receive and to learn, just like the seed at this stage. It is soaking and absorbing in everything. And this is the simplicity of the gospel. It's stopping to absorb and take in and let transformation happen inwardly. And you know, at this stage in Psalm 27, a temple had not yet been built. And so David is saying this, I long to be surrounded by God's presence. I want it to enclose me. I want it to encircle me. I want filled with his holiness. The one thing that I need is his presence. And that is the simplicity of what I'm talking about. The first step is his presence and having it in your life. A couple of weeks ago, I listened to a talk by Pete Craig from 24-7 Prayer. And he told this story of going to look in a microlight. And he said to the guy on the airfield, oh my goodness, that doesn't look like it could hold people. Is it safe? And he said, yeah, well, it's safe. But if you look at the middle of the microlight plane, there's one nut that holds the whole thing together. And we call that the Jesus nut. If that comes apart, the whole microlight will fall apart. It all depends on that one thing. This is the start for everything that we know as Christians. 
The Jesus nut is the key. The simplicity is his presence in our lives. How do we get it? How much do we want it? What are we willing to do to get it and to keep it? It's simple. It's an invitation that we have been asked. Are you willing to accept it or not? He's asking this question and I felt he's asked me more and more this week. Am I enough? If you never accomplish anything, do anything. Am I enough in your life? And so for me, it's about posture and heart transformation. This is the first stage of being filled with the water. It's bringing uh, transformation and it's stopping still at his feet to consume what he is saying to you. Do you remember the, the advert from years ago? Compare the market.com, compare the market.com. Simples. Such a catchy one because it was so simple. But I believe God is saying that to us too with, the, with all the stuff that we've over, overcomplicated, all the theology, all the big words that we have. Some of them are great. It's really good if we get to that stage. But we've overcomplicated it because it's simple. It's all about him and his presence. It's one bolt that holds it all together. It's an invitation to encounter with God. Do you know what? It's an invitation as we sit at his feet to then go on a journey with him that has to start somewhere. And it starts with little small seeds in our lives that we'll talk about later. Being willing to be filled by him. One writer says this, that... The pressures we feel in life to perform or measure up can rob us of the sense of playfulness required to experience kingdom, life and love. It is those little simple steps of obedience that propel us towards greater understanding. You know, as a part of this, the devil wants to rob you of joy. He wants you to think it's two over my head, I will never get it, I'm not smart enough, I'm not capable enough, I'm not the person for this. Think of Moses, he didn't think he was the boy he called to bring the children of Israel out, but he did, because he was filled with the presence of God. I will not go if you don't go with me. Do you remember that verse? Simplicity does not equal seriousness. Yes, we have to be serious about the call, but it's a journey that he wants to fill us with joy and carry the burdens with us. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. We know this verse very well, but it says in the Passion Translation, Are you weary? Are you carrying heavy burdens? Then come to me. I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I am gentle, humble and easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. Where are we searching for refreshment and rest? And he is saying all along, it's that one thing. It's my presence that will bring all of this. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. Not saying it will be easy or it won't be hard. But when that one thing his presence is the building block. It will be easy to bear. So this is the point where it's good to ask some questions. Danielle Strickland said that you cannot be free from what you won't name or acknowledge. This is the point of pondering and contemplation. It's for the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to make you aware of those things that need transformed in your life. So as we start this process, what is it that makes you feel weary? How are you burdened? 
What burdens you? What causes you to stress? What in your life feels heavy right now that needs laid down at the feet of Jesus? Where in, you, where in your life do you long most for rest? And then from the, the last part of it, sitting at his feet, what do I want Jesus to teach me in this season? We need to sit and stop as we're filled with the Spirit like the water of the seed. Just ask these questions and start to give over things to him for him to reset us. We need to join our life with him. And so at the initial stage of a seed being planted, it is buried under a load of soil. It's got weight on top of it. But it's the filling of the water that gives it the ability to push through to the next stage. There's weight on it. It can't see the light. It maybe can't see a way forward. Sounds strange talking about a seed like this. But it's the filling of the water that gives it the energy to push through. It gives it the ability to grow into what it's supposed to be. And this leads to the next stage, stage two. The water activates enzymes that begin the plant's growth. Something is activated when it is filled with the water, something activates when we're filled with the Spirit, when we encounter Jesus. Maybe it's that day you give your life to Jesus where you encounter him in a new way, but it activates something in you that's like, I want more. I need more of this. I crave him. I long to be with him. I long to sit at his feet like the psalmist says. And so I'm telling you today, start where you are. Look at others that you admire and ask them questions. How do you get this into your life? What do you do? Embrace your weaknesses. If you're not good at something, that's fine. But embrace it. It's a, it's a season for grace. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 8 to 11. It says, my grace is always more than enough for you. My power finds its full expression through your weakness. So I will celebrate my weaknesses for when I am weak. I sense more deeply the mighty power living in me. It's when you're weak that it gives room for the mighty power to work in you. But there's something simple about it. You have to acknowledge it. You have to stop to contemplate, to ponder, to acknowledge, I need your help in this. I need filling for growth. Are you desperate for the presence of God? What will you do to have it? This is the one thing that counts. Does it really matter to you? Because this is the thing that makes us and marks us out as different. It's the presence that we carry of the kingdom. And that leads to step three then. Step three, the seed grows a root to access water underground. And so when you're hungry, you will do anything to be fed. And his presence causes us to hunger. This is, this, this is the part where we are to be shaped by scriptures. For me, um, I used to overcomplicate it. I used to have to get through three books in the morning and I want to read this and I want to get through that. And I have to read a certain amount of scripture a day. These are all great things to get to. But for me, it took me stripping it right back and going to one verse. And I'd done a thing called the Lectio Divina where I read through a, a verse one verse three times. On the third time, I turn it into a prayer. And then after that, I, I chat it through with the Holy Spirit and say, God, this is what I feel I need to do in response to this verse. That's how I start my day. It's so simple, but it's been so transformational and profound for me. It's a season for seeking the Spirit. 
and asking, what's your heart for me? What's your heart for my family? What are the things that need transformed? What have you called me to do? What have you put in me that needs grown? It's this, a season for simple prayer. I've started a new rhythm in my prayer where I am celebrating in the morning. My morning prayers are 10 minutes of just celebration, thankfulness. I, if I have a few things on my head that, I, that I'm stressed about for that day, I'll give it to him. In the afternoon, even when I'm driving or whatever I'm doing, I just say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? What are you saying to me now? I think about things, I ponder things, I pray about things. And then at night time before I go to bed, I go outside and I walk about and I start to declare things. I start to intercede um, for family members, for things that I need to see God answering prayers in. It's simple, but it's been transformational. This is what happens when the roots start to go down deep to seek water to grow. And so this is still the incubation period. It's still a period where the plant cannot be seen at the surface, but there's so much work going on underneath because they're hungry. It's growing. And maybe you're in a season right now where you feel, I am hidden. I have no opportunities. I don't see God using me in any way. I don't know what's happening. I see all these other people that God's using them and doing stuff. Maybe it's something to do with character. I don't know. But also there's, there's this reality that God is helping you to grow. There's so many stories in the Bible where people went off for seasons before uh, they were used outwardly, before they were used in the public square. Maybe God is saying this is a season for you where it's incubation, you're being grown and matured. But it all starts with an encounter that leads to an overflow of his presence. And it's the capacity that grows in this season for more and more and more. And so that one verse will grow into a desire to read chapter upon chapter that will go in, that will change, that will transform. Those 10 minute prayers will change to 20 minutes to 30 minutes as we start with the small seed. Your capacity increases for hunger and for the ability to carry and to use and to steward what God is saying to you. They all are small beginnings. But in this season of growth is actually where we need the most grace. 1 Corinthians 15 says that, But God's amazing grace has made me who I am, and his grace to me was not fruitless. In fact, I worked harder than all the rest, yet not in my own strength, but God's for his empowering grace is poured out upon me. And so in this season, this is where we're going to make mistakes. This is where we're going to trip up and fall. This is where the fruit of the Spirit that we're praying to be in us, we will fail at. But this is the season where we need to realize that grace is available and that we need it to give it to others that are around us. It's all wrapped up in grace. It's a simple longing in this season for his presence. For his presence. And so... How do these things fit into our everyday life? This is the seed that grows to make us world changers. It can start very small, but Acts 17, it says that they came in and turned cities upside down. It started from a small seed. It's the building blocks of being a disciple. We need a hunger to learn and a humility. Pete Cazero, he says this, Our goal is to love God with our whole being, to be consistently conscious of God through our daily life. It's about stopping asking and learning and being consistently aware of his presence. And you know, the older I get, the older I get, the less I feel I know, the more help that I feel I need. And I've realized over this last number of weeks that 
there's a lot of times during the day I need to just learn to stop and listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to me. And so practically, what does this look like in our everyday lives? It's back to the simplicity is inward, upward and outward. And so the next stage of growth is the upward part. Step four, the seed grows. I hope you're all still with me here. The seed grows shoots that grow towards the sun. It starts reaching up. I need the sun to grow. I need more. And so for me, this is about prioritizing rhythms with the Lord in life. It's back to what the psalmist said, one thing I long for. So for me, the seed growing and looking to the sun to get to start photosynthesis to grow is the only thing I remember from biology. It's about focusing on the one thing and that's the presence of God. And so that's the first thing for us practically, I feel, is seeking his presence. So the question is this, if you want to write it down, what does it look like to live conscious of God and to be conscious of his purposes in the present moment? So whether it's hard or it's easy, whatever you're facing, what does it look like for you to stop and to say, right, God, what are you saying in the middle of this? How do I respond to this? How do I see you in this? How do I hear you in this? This for me brings life to the your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven because this gives us the opportunity in every moment to be led by the spirit and not the flesh. It gives us the opportunity to seek his kingdom first. If we can just get this one simple rhythm in place, Seeking his presence every moment of every day. The second one is this, declarations and prayers. So I told you about my rhythm, but one of the the things I do um, at night is I have a list of declarations of what I want to see um, in my life. But declaring it doesn't simply mean it's going to happen, but it shapes the way I think. It shapes my expectation of what the Father is going to say. It helps me be aware of moments for that thing that I'm praying for. But when I start those declarations and those prayers, I ask myself this question every time. Who am I talking to or who do I think I'm talking to? Because if I'm talking to myself, what's the point? But when I realize the way I start my prayer is I ask, who am I talking to? And I declare out, I'm talking to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. It changes my perspective of what's going to happen when I talk to him. The next thing that I believe is going to help us in this season of, of growth, looking towards the sun, is silence. Something I find very hard to do. But for me, it's waiting on the Holy Spirit and asking, what is he saying? It's really hard these days to get silence. I have to get up a bit earlier in the morning to get it in my house. I go out the side of the house and even then the birds are singing, which is nice, but still not silent. Can I encourage you, even if it's two minutes, once a day, twice a day, start to just sit in a quiet place, probably best before your quiet time, whenever that is, and just be silent. The next one is relationships and investment as we seek to grow we have to do it with others i'll talk a little bit more about this before i finish but marsh scandretti says this jesus asked us to do what seems humanly impossible love your enemies turn the other cheek forgive continually live without lust greed or jealousy love as he loved anyone who tries to obey these instructions quickly discovers that putting the teachings of jesus into practice is difficult if not impossible without a source of power and love that is greater 
than our own. So those are simple things in themselves, but not simple to do. The key is the one thing, the presence of Jesus and stewarding that daily in your life. We need roots to feed and to focus on the sun to grow and to flourish. It's inward and upward and it's transformational. The next one is spiritual transformation. So we could probably do a whole sermon on this, but what space are you intentionally making for transformation? Transformation is simply this, spiritual transformation. Evidence of something greater growing within you. What space are you giving for the kingdom of God to enter and to grow? So things that you've put in place with regards to habits, structure of your day, how you're reading, how you're praying, things that you're vowing to change, people that are keeping you accountable, what spiritual formation is happening? Um, and maybe we'll do something about that a little more in depth in the coming weeks. The next one is this, don't just read the word, do it. The word of God has been given to us to respond, read it and respond to it with boldness and courage. You know, people don't follow men, without, men and women without courage. When people see that you're courageous and bold, they will want to follow you. It says in James 1.22, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. How many times have you read something in the word? Have you heard the Holy Spirit and you neglect to do it? You're missing an opportunity for growth and the kingdom of God to advance. The next one is obedience and action. Action and obedience is the way we make our vision and our desire for the good and beautiful tangible. When we are obedient to God, when we have outward actions that come from the inward and the upward, people get to see the tangible, beautiful presence of God because we're being led by him. And there is power in every act of obedience that we do whether seen or unseen. Very important one is this. Sorry, I'm going quick, but I don't want to take lots of your time today. Um, Self-awareness is so key. Marsh Kandrati again says this, a certain degree of self-awareness is essential in order to make the connection between what Jesus taught and how it relates to our lives. So in self-awareness, what is keeping you from experiencing life in God's kingdom fully? Who do you have in your life that can speak into it with love to tell you the things that need to change? Are you so busy looking at what everybody else is doing wrong and pointing out your faults that you don't have time to stop and look in the mirror and see what things need to be transformed within you so that people can encounter the living God through you? Another sermon could be written on that. It's a time for sacrifice. If we are going to put the presence of God first, it means that things are going to have to be moved and changed and prioritized and there will be sacrifice. One that we could take a long time to speak about and Neil spoke about a couple of weeks ago is consumerism. I want to ask you um, in your personal growth in this season, how much time are you spending on Facebook or etc. Other stuff like that, scrolling. How much time do you spend shopping in a day online? How much do you th- uh, time do you spend dreaming about what you could have if you won the lottery? Or maintaining that car that you've just bought that you can't afford the insurance or the fuel? Stanley Howis tells us that consumerism has no memory. Amnesia becomes an important part of consumerism as we forget how to make things, who made them, or why we even bought them in the first place. It goes against everything that God is calling us to do. It wants to have amne- it causes us to have amnesia, to forget how to do things, to aimlessly just do stuff without thinking. But we are called in the scriptures to meditate, to speak to ponder, to take time and listen to the Holy Spirit. We're told to consider the birds, look how he clothes them and provides for them, yet we worry every day about what we're going to consume. 
we have to be intentional because things don't happen by accident. I don't just accidentally have a prayer life that changes the world. I don't accidentally um, have the capacity to uh, take in scriptures and to meditate on them and to use them and apply them in my life. We have to be intentional with what we're doing. Just think, think for one moment. One person who you would love to spend the day with. You'd do anything to spend the day with them. Have you got the person? Would you miss an appointment with them? How much more do we need to crave the presence of God? To make an appointment and to keep it. Now don't let guilt seep in. I'm not talking about religious, I have to be. But actually an overflowing from the seed process of being filled, consumed, being hungry, growing, wanting and desiring his presence. And so just a few practical questions. Where in your life do you need a reset, a reboot, renewed? What are things that you just need to, a fresh start? To put them out and have a conversation with someone and say, do you know what? I realise that for a long time I've been behaving in this way and it's not healthy for me or for us. Or I have realised that, do you know what? I put too much emphasis on what I wear and where I go and how I'm seen. And I want to be known and marked by the presence of God. What is it that needs reset, reboot in your life? What are the needs and desires of your family around you? What are things that you can do to bring the kingdom of heaven into their lives? Maybe the question could be too, what things in your life are damaging those around you? What does your community need? What's God's heart for Rich Hill or for the community that you're in? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you in these times as you stop to ponder, to sit at his feet, to listen, to prioritize his presence? What giants has he asked you to kill for him like David? What has he put in your heart that you've been too scared to step up to the plate even like Moses did? He was scared, but he eventually done it. What's God put in your heart that he's calling you to do that will bring transformation, that will change no matter how big or small it is? Do you know what? If you're not sure, ask, spend time, and then respond. And what do you need to move in your day to prioritize the presence of God? So the last stage is this. Let me check my time. I'll go quick. Give me two more minutes. Stage five is this, the shoots grow and produce leaves. They start to reproduce. It's the outward of the inward, upward, outward. And for a plant to reproduce, it needs help. It needs the wind, it needs birds, it needs, we need community. And it also brings transformation. When the seeds of the plant start to go, they bring beauty and transformation and reproduce themselves. First John 3.18 says, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Let us show each other how we love each other and how we love God by what we do outwardly for him as obedience. Psalm 27, 4 in the voice, it says at the end, we do this to behold his beauty and ponder his ways in the company of his people. This is a great season for us as a community to come together, to share, like I've shared some of the stuff that I am doing in my life, share with each other what works for you. What ways does God speak to you? How do you put that into practice in your life? How do you use it? You know, in this season, community is key for the kingdom. 
If you're struggling by yourself, it's simple. You need other people. We need each other. Mark Scandretti, again, I've read his book recently. He says this, We don't enter the kingdom of God merely by thinking about it or listening to one another talk about it. We have to experiment together with how to apply the teachings of Jesus to the details of our lives. Do you know what that's saying? Get around the table, have a cup of coffee, have a barbecue, sit down and talk to each other, socially distancing, and say, how do we do this? How do we grow spiritually? How did you get to the point where you're able to uh, read so much or take so much in? How did you get to the point where you're, you just love prayer and long for prayer and it's a major part of your life? How did you get to the point where God spoke clear to you about your future? These are the things that we have to sit around. How is God talking to you about reaching your community? Let's do this together. Hebrews 10, 24, it says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. How can we champion each other? How can we invest in each other's dreams? This is the last stage of growth that brings beauty and transforms community. When people simply hear how God has showed up in your life in the normal every day, it opens doors for them to believe that he can do it with them too, no matter whether they know Jesus or not. And do you know what stories do? They raise expectations and desires and it gives room for the spirit to get in and for creativity to flow as we come together and we talk. It's a season for sacrifice in this. So, this is me. I'm finished. There better not be any cheering at home via YouTube. Why do we do this? Why do we, step one, absorb the water? Why do we uh, then begin to grow and be hungry? Why then, step three, does the seed um, access underwater? Why does it go down deep? Why do we put things in life that will um, bring structure that will increase our desire, will increase our capacity. Why do we then start to grow outwardly and show the love of Jesus and be transformed and reproduce? Why it's all this to introduce people to Jesus and the life that he brings right now, this moment, the fullness that he brings, the transformation that comes as we encounter him as individuals and as we come together collectively. It's to bring people to an awareness of God's presence that you are carrying. You are the temple. We're many temples. The presence that we carry in our everyday, ordinary lives and it's to introduce people to the kingdom on, God's kingdom on earth. It boils down to this. Are you in love? And are you willing to take the steps, if not, to invest in a relationship with the King of Kings? to prioritize his presence. He's asking, do you really, really want me? You know, during lockdown, I've been trying to simplify things. And I found that I need to be in intentional. I need to be consistent. And can I be really honest, if you forget everything else I've said today, for me, the key has been the scripture in the morning, prioritizing those three times of prayer and what I felt out of that is an overwhelming peace a peace in life that hasn't always been there what I've noticed is that there's certain small things that I have been praying about that I'll react differently in a situation and think my goodness that's different than a few weeks ago it's the small simple steps that I've noticed instead of the large 
changes or the massive encounters that I've been asking for and praying for. God wants to work with us where we're at. He wants to start where we are. And number one, he wants us to chase after his presence. Have a good day and uh, hopefully we'll see some of you this week. God bless.